Would you stay standing? The Bible says my father's house shall be what? A house of prayer. God said you have not because you ask not. But God does not just answer our prayer. Our God does exceedingly abundantly above anything we can ask or think. You need to stop asking small. You need to start asking big. And you need to not look for God to do it next week. You need to look for God to do it today. That our God is going to accelerate... Our God is going to accelerate the miracles that he wants to bring. What used to take a year will take a month. What used to take a month will take a week. What used to take a week will take a day. What used to take a day, he'll do it now. The God we serve is a now God. The God of power is a now God. The debt canceling God is a now God. The healing God is a now God. Our God is a now. Today is the day. Somebody shout amen. I want you to take your neighbor's hands and I want you to pray. And I want you to come in agreement with me that tonight God will change your life forever. Somebody shout now. Say this out loud. Father, I know in the name of Jesus that God has prepared me for miracle power in every area of my life right now. I declare war on the enemy. Whatever I bind will be bound. Whatever I loose will be loosed. From now on, I will not be afraid of the devil, but the devil will be afraid of me. I receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Look out, devil. Here comes... A one new man, army of God. If you're ready to win the battle, give the Lord a great big shout and clap offering. You may be seated. God bless you. I want to ask you to open your Bibles up tonight to the book of Leviticus chapter 16. Leviticus chapter 16. On Tuesday night, we begin a time called, in Hebrew, Yom Kippur. It's the Day of Atonement. So many times Christians miss the blessing of God because we have been taught wrong. God said in the book of Genesis, let us make man in our image. Whenever you go, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As my Father sent me, I'm sending you. We are to be in the image of God. We are to be a representative of what God is to the world. Can I have an amen? Amen. And so these high holidays are representatives of what God is doing now until we get into eternity. Passover was a shadow until the resurrection of Jesus. We went from the shadow to the real thing. On the exact day... The Passover lamb was being slayed. The lamb of God was being slayed for the world. Until then, when they would slay the lamb on Passover, it would do for one year what Jesus has done for eternity. So the shadow does the exact same thing. So when we're talking about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur 
And then when we get into the Feast of Tabernacles, the first fruits, someday Rosh Hashanah will be the rapture. Someday Yom Kippur will be the second coming. Someday the Feast of Tabernacles will be the wedding supper of the Lamb. But until that day happens, Rosh Hashanah will accomplish exactly for one year what the rapture would accomplish. The rapture is not the judgment of God on the world. The rapture is the judgment of God on the church. Those who are serving God, living for God, they will be blessed by being caught up to meet him. Now, until that happens on Rosh Hashanah, God opens the book of life and he determines what blessing is going to be released. On Rosh Hashanah, which was a few days ago, God opened his book and looked at every one of your names. As a matter of fact, it, 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 it says it real well in Hebrew that on Rosh Hashanah, God comes up to each one of us, holds us in his hand and longs to bring a blessing to us. On Rosh Hashanah, he opens the books and he says, I want to see what good things you have done, how you have tikkun olam, how you've made the world a better place because I'm going to reward you. Now, someday we'll be raptured and our reward will be forever. If you have eyes to see at the end of these 10 days, come Tuesday night on Yom Kippur, God seals your blessing. Last night, Paula talked about the prophetic word of God where we're at right now. This morning, we talked about breaking every curse. Tonight, we're going to talk about releasing every blessing. Let me show you something. Jesus is walking with his disciples. And Jesus says to them, who do men say that I am? Peter said, well, they say you're this or you're that. You're one of the prophets. And then Jesus says, but who do you say I am? Because it doesn't matter what somebody else says, the truth that you know will set you free. Come on, somebody. The truth that you know, the truth that you own, the truth that you understand, when you own that truth, that truth will set you free. Peter gave an answer that if you understand it, will change your life forever. Peter said, you are the Christ. Now, I say this all the time to get people to think. Jesus was a Jew. Peter was a Jew. And so here's two Jews that unless you understand the Hebrew thought and the Hebrew language, you miss exactly what they're saying. Jesus spoke Western Aramaic, or which is almost identical to Hebrew. The first time I went to Israel, God said, I'm going to teach you to reread the Bible through the eyes of a Jewish Jesus. And it changed my life. So let's look at that relationship with Peter and Jesus. Who do you say that I am? You're the Christ. But in Hebrew, it's a powerful statement. You are the Christ. You are the one who brings the burden removing and the yoke destroyed. Now, let me say that again. You're the one who is the burden removing and the yoke destroying. Now, understanding that Jesus did not just come to forgive us of our sin, but he came to break every curse that's blocking the blessing. 
Let's go to Leviticus chapter 16. Read this with me. Leviticus chapter 16 is Yom Kippur. Leviticus chapter 16 is the preparation for Tuesday night that we're going to experience tonight. Read with me in verse 8. It says, And he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two kids or lambs of the goats as a sin offering and one ram as a burnt offering. And Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself and make atonement for himself and his house. He shall take two goats or lambs and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Now jump to verse 14. And he shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle with his finger on the mercy seat on the east side. Before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger. How many times? Seven times. And then he shall kill the goat for the sin offering, which is for the people. Bring its blood inside the veil and do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bull and sprinkle it on the mercy seat before the mercy seat. So he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel, because of their transgressions for all their sins. So he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting, which remains amongst them in the midst of their unclean. Jump down to verse 19. Then he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger. How many times? Seven times. Cleanse it. Sanctify it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And when he has made an end of atoning of the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, he shall bring the live goat, the second goat, the second offering. And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel. So in Hebrew, when he's talking about the iniquities, he's talking about the sins have already been forgiven. Now he's speaking to God about the curses that have been on the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. The goat shall bring on itself all the iniquities, all the curses to an uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat into the wilderness. Now, let me show you the day of atonement. Someday this will happen forever, and God will seal it, and Satan will never be able to steal us away from the kingdom of God. It will be over. But until then, God is getting ready to seal his blessing on your life for one whole year until this year next time. And the only thing that can take that blessing away is the rapture. And then we don't even need this world's blessing. We're living in it forever. So let me show you the day of atonement. The day of atonement, the day of Yom Kippur, the high priest comes into the temple. As he's in the temple, they bring him two goats. Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the burden removing. The wages of our sin is death. And the yoke destroying the thing that locks us into these generational family curses. So they bring the two offerings. The high priest picks one of the lambs or one of the goats. 
he lays the lamb or the goat on the altar and he kills that lamb as a sin offering. And the moment that sacrifice dies, the sins of Israel are forgiven. If all Jesus was going to do is forgive you of your sin, he could have died anywhere. He could have died when they arrested him. He could have died when they beat him as no man had beaten. Why does he have to get to Calvary? Because he wasn't just dying for our sin, but cursed is he that hangs on the tree. When Jesus hung on that cross, he didn't say, Oh my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He shouted with a voice of triumph, My God, my God, this is why you have fortified me. This is why you have strengthened me. And then he shouted in the face of the devil, Devil, it is finished. It is finished. He is our day of atonement. And the Bible says that when they brought the lamb in, the sins are forgiven. We need to understand, it doesn't matter what you did before. If you have come to Jesus Christ, though your sins be as scarlet, God says the blood of that lamb washes them white as snow. You need to quit walking in condemnation. You need to quit talking about the past. Your future is in front of you when you put your hand to the plow. Why do you put your hand to the plow? Because your harvest of joy is in front of you. Your harvest of blessing is in front of you. Your harvest of prosperity. Don't look back and think what you were. Look forward because God says you are born again and I am giving you tonight a new beginning. Quit looking back. Your harvest is in front of you. Then the Bible says that after the sins were forgiven, that wasn't enough. Then the high priest would dip his fingers in the blood of that sacrificial lamb. And he would go into the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies is where the power of God is. The anointing of God is. The the blessing where God is. And he would dip his finger and sprinkle the blood seven times. Finish this scripture. We are redeemed by the And then I'll say, where did Jesus shed his blood? And they'll say, at Calvary. And I'll say, yeah. But you're missing most of the journey. Jesus shed his blood in the garden. Jesus shed his blood at the whipping post. Jesus shed his blood at the crown of thorns. Jesus shed his blood when they nailed his hands. Jesus shed his blood when they nailed his feet. Jesus shed his blood when they stuck him in the side and out came blood and water. Because we forget what the promises of God are. He said, I'll not just forgive you of your sin, but I'm going to break every curse so I can release you into your blessing. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying with his disciples. And we sometimes forget that Jesus was not just the Son of God. He was a human just like you and I. And so being the Son of God, he knew what they were about to do to him. He knew they were going to come and arrest him. He knew they would rip the beard from his face. 
He knew that they would spit on him. He knew that they would beat him as no man has ever been beaten. He knew that they would hang him naked in front of the world and nail nails in his hands and in his feet. He knew they would mock him and say, if you're the king of the Jews, why don't you come down? Being God, the son of God, he knew exactly what was going to happen. And being a human being, he knew he would feel every lash. He would feel every stroke of the hammer. He would feel the embarrassment of the spit. He would feel the embarrassment of hanging naked before his mother. And so in that garden, he said, Father, if there be some other way, let this cup pass from me. When he looked at you and your need and your sin, when he looked at you and what you were going through, he looked at us in the future and he said, but not my will, but thy will be done. And the Bible said at that moment, he began to sweat great drops of blood. When Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done, this is the first place that he shed his blood. So many people give, but they never get blessed. Can I tell you why? You haven't broke the curse. Back when we were in Portland, we had a pasture in front of our house that we raised horses. And so when we bought the land, I went in and plowed the land all down and went to the store and bought this grass seed and this this acre pasture so the horse could feed. And man, the grass started coming up. But then all of a sudden, the weeds started coming up too. And pretty soon the weeds choked out the grass. I went back down to the feed store, the seed store, and I said, there's something wrong with the seed. He said, what do you mean there's something wrong with the seed? I said, well, it started growing, but now I got nothing but weeds. He said, did you kill the weeds before you sowed the seed? I said, I'm from inner city St. Louis. I don't know nothing about that stuff. We didn't even have grass. And it made me realize you got to kill the curse before you grow the harvest. When Jesus was on his way to Calvary, one of the things that they did is they saw a thorn bush. And in mocking Jesus to be the king of kings, they took the thorn bush and they wove it into a crown. In ancient Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence. Now watch this. When Adam and Eve were in the garden... God provided. Now, Adam and Eve had to work. They had to to do what God told them to do. But everything they put their hands to, God blessed it. It flourished. It multiplied. That's why on Shabbat, when we say the blessing over the bread, which is symbolic of our finances, the blessing is God brings bread from the ground. Well, God doesn't bring bread from the ground. God brings bread wheat and we grind it and we bake it and we turn in the bread. But the teaching is that is we're not here to eke out a living. We're here to live under the blessing of Jehovah Jireh. Come on, somebody. And so 
when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, the Bible says, and if I had time, we'd read it. The Bible says he put them out of the garden. And then the next verse is he placed them out of the garden. Now, one of the things that I've learned in studying ancient Jewish wisdom is whenever there is something repeated twice, it's because it's to get your attention that there is a secret there. Let me say it again. When you're reading the Bible, God's not being redundant. He's just, when you see, why why does the Bible say God placed him out of the garden and then God put him out of the garden? Because in that, when you see something repeated twice, God is saying, I've got a secret in that for you. When you read it in Hebrew, it says God physically removed Adam and Eve from the garden. But when he put him out of the garden, it reads in Hebrew, and he divorced himself from all mankind of being Jehovah Jireh. He said, because of your disobedience and you touched what was mine, this is why it goes into a tenth is the Lord's and the offering besides don't, don't touch that because the same thing that happened to Adam will happen to you. And so the Bible says he put man out of the garden physically, but spiritually he divorced himself from all mankind of being Jehovah Jireh. And so that they would remember this instead of the land flourishing with milk and honey He said he cursed the ground with what? What is it? Thorns and thistles. Now here comes Jesus to not only break the curse, but bring us back to the blessing. And so they're walking with Jesus. They see the thorn bush. The thorn bush is the symbol of the curse on your finances. So they take the thorn bush and they weave it into a crown And they place it on the brow of Jesus. We are cursed by the sweat of Adam's brow. He cursed the land with thorns and thistles. And he said, by the sweat of your brow. In other words, no matter how hard you work, no matter how much you sweat, no matter how much seed you toil, you'll never see the harvest because I have divorced myself from all mankind and what you're going to see is thorns and thistles. Have you ever noticed that you can drive along a highway or something and there's a drought going on and the grass is all dead, but the weeds are growing? That's symbolic. And so they take that crown of thorns, the symbol of the curse of poverty, they place it on the brow of Jesus. We have been cursed by the sweat on Adam's brow, but now the curse has been reversed and now we're redeemed by the blood on Jesus' brow and the blessing is now bought. Let me give you one more and then we're going to pray. Jesus shed his blood seven times. In the garden, at the whipping post, crown of thorns, in his hands, in his feet, in his side. That's six. I'm about to show you the seventh in a minute. When they took Jesus to the whipping post, the Bible says, by his stripes, we're already healed. Four months ago, most of you know, we had the most devastating news in our life. 
Our baby lion, seven months old, was not feeling well, took him to the hospital. The doctors come in and says, lion has leukemia. We found out later that no child survives this leukemia. Now, they didn't tell us that right off the bat, but we found out later. They came and they said, we're going to have to do some tests, and if lion has this negative gene, this negative gene in him, then his chances go from like 45% down to zero. They didn't tell us that almost every human being has this negative gene. They, they didn't tell us that. So we're praying, All everybody's praying, people around the world were, were gathering with us, praying. Two or three weeks later, they come into the hospital and they said, listen, we've checked this out on the best machines that are on the world before we came and told you this. Because we wanted to make sure of what we're telling you. Now you gotta understand, we're at a point that no child has ever survived this. And they come back and they said, not only does he not have this negative gene, he has a gene that we have never seen in a child. And this jumps his survival rate to 85 to 95%. They said, we've got to do, now I'm telling you this, most of you know this story, but I'm telling you this for a reason for you tonight. They said, we've got to do research. We've got to find out what to do because we've never heard of a child having this positive gene. They started calling it the lion gene. They started calling it the God gene. And after months of research, they said, we have talked to every hospital. We, we connect them with hospitals in Israel. We've talked to every hospital. We've talked to the five people that are the worldwide head of children's cancer. And they said, there is no record we can find worldwide that a child has ever had this gene. And what that is saying is, is not only is by his stripes, you're already healed. What that is saying is, and listen to me, because I mean this from the depth of my soul, whatever you're facing, I can tell you for a fact, not because I read it, not because it's in the Bible, a story in the Bible, or because I have, we have seen it. God can do something for you that no one has ever heard before. Come on, let me say it again. God, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's sickness. I don't care if it's business. I don't care if it's family. I don't care if it's children. I don't care if it's grandchildren. I don't care what it is. I don't care how big and bad and ugly that Goliath looks. I tell you that in the name of Jesus, that giant is coming down and God can do something for you tonight. Tonight that he has never done before. Stand with me all over the building. There are times that 
we didn't know how to pray anymore. There were times that just saying by his stripes we're healed got so old. There are times that all I could do is speak in tongues. All we could do is speak in tongues because we didn't know how to pray anymore. But at those times that we felt so weak, we could feel you. That's why there's a power in us. That's why there's a power when we become one. You know, I'll talk about that tomorrow morning at 930 for a half hour. But in that, Luke said, Dad, I don't think we'll ever know why this happened. But I think we can understand what God wants to do out of this. I pray that you never face a battle. But if you do, I will stand with you and we will shout in the face of Satan, God is getting ready to do something that the world has never heard of before. Do you understand that? God can move in you. God will do something. Doesn't matter what the experts say. It doesn't matter what the situation says. Can I tell you one more story in this? Because I want you to prepare your heart for miracles tonight. For miracle breakthrough in whatever area tonight. Lion had to have, the, the church knows this and most of our partners know this. Lion has tubes in his heart. He'll have those in his heart for the next two years. We haven't, be, we haven't seen Lion for almost two months because he's in isolation. Look at him at a window. Watch him on, on FaceTime. But along with what goes in his heart when he was in the hospital, they had to give him a couple times a day five medicines. He's seven months old. We can't say, sweetheart, swallow it. You know, he's seven months old. The, the, and, and when they give him these five medicines, it's not like they give them all at once. Each medicine takes like five or six times to get it down. But the chemo that he would give, they would give him was so horrible tasting that every doctor and nurse that worked on that floor was required to taste that medicine. So they would know to a certain degree what these babies are going through. They were required to take, it's so horrible. And so Lion would see the nurses and doctors come in and just start trembling. It just heartbreaking. Because he knew it. He didn't know why. He didn't know why. Why is mom and dad holding me down and making me taste this stuff? And then God spoke to Luke. And he said, Dad, God spoke this scripture to me. If you drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. He said, Dad, why would that be in the Bible? Who's going to drink something deadly? And so we began to pray because what that chemo is is poison they're drinking poison to kill every cell 
And so we begin to pray, God, not only by your stripes are you healed, but we are more than conquerors. Now, and, and I'm, listen to me, I would never take something on Lion's story and exaggerate it or anything. It's too precious. But the next day, when we began to pray, God, help him take this medicine, the nurses walked in and he would open his mouth and just take that medicine down. Devil, you want to you wanna, you wanna attack our children? Well, then we're going to let the world know that our God is so great, he'll do something in their lives that no one has ever heard of before. And even to the point of whatever you're going through will not be bitter anymore. You'll be more than a conqueror. Can I have an amen? Jesus shed his blood in the garden. Maybe you today or someone you know is bound by something. So many times the church makes you feel guilty. Jesus said to the woman who was caught in adultery, woman, where are your accusers? She said, none here, Lord. And he said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. When we say, you know what, Pastor Larry, I got something in my life or there's something in my family. God's not pointing a finger at you. He's opening a nail printed hand to you. And I can tell you by experience, the world may say you'll never change. But the word says, when I set you free, when I set your son free, when I set your daughter free, when I set your mom free, when I set your dad free, you'll be free indeed. It won't be like the world. It will be supernatural. So maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Larry, I need, I need the curse broken and the blessing released in my family of addiction or bondage of some time. It may be in your family generation after generation after generation. A generation curse passes to three or four generations, but a generational blessing passes a thousand generations. It's time to walk in the blessing. Amen. Maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, Pastor Larry, there is sickness in my family. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I need a, I need a financial breakthrough. Maybe there's been a curse of blocking on your finances. God wants you debt free. God wants you to have more than enough. Come on, are you in agreement? Jesus shed his blood in his hands. Pick up your hands. Say this out loud. In my hands, I have the power to gain wealth. God gave me that power. I can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I can cast out devils. You have power in your hands. Look at your feet. Every place you go, there's a blood-stained footprint going with you. 
because God said, I'm not only giving you authority back, I've given you dominion. Wherever you go, look at me. Wherever you go, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is with you. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. It is time for the Holy Spirit to come back into the church. Maybe you're here today and you've gone through something and it's broken your heart. When they came to Jesus on the cross, it took days to die from crucifixion. Jesus was only up there a few hours. The rabbis, the, the, the crooked ones, they said, you need to get these guys off because we know when they hang on a tree, there's a curse on them. The Sabbath is coming. We need to get them down because the teaching is if they're still on the tree, the curse that's on them comes on us. So they came up to the, they came up to the first thief and he was still alive. So they broke his leg so he couldn't hold himself up and he would suffocate. They came to the second thief, broke his legs so that he would suffocate. When they came to Jesus, they looked and they said, well, he looks like he's already gone. Well, that can't be. He should be alive for days. And so to see if he was still alive, they shoved a spear in his side and out of that wound came blood and water. Because Jesus didn't die from the crucifixion. He didn't die from the beating. He died from a, around your heart is a sack of water and his heart broke. His heart broke for the pain that people would go through. They forgot that Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. Maybe you're here today, tonight, and you've gone through something. Maybe somebody divorced you. Maybe somebody ripped you off. Maybe somebody molested you. Maybe somebody did something to you. I'm here to tell you that God tonight will supernaturally take your hurt and turn it into a halo. He'll take your battle and turn it into a victory. God's going to heal the brokenhearted. Can I show you one more thing? Because if you notice, if you've been counting, that's only six places. It's only six places. Where's the seventh place? Anybody have some keys? They open and they close. They're a symbol of authority and power. In the beginning, God had all the power. Then God created us and God said now I give you dominion and authority over all the world one of the things that brother Copeland called me on and told me when we're praying for lying he said the Bible says we have dominion over every living thing every cell in lion's body is a living thing we take dominion he created us and he gave us the authority. We blew it. Satan got the authority. When Jesus died on the cross, he shed his blood in the garden, at the whipping post, crown of thorns, in his hands, in his feet, in his side. Where's the seventh place? He went to the gates of hell. He stomped on the devil's forehead 
and took the keys back. Are you with me? Jesus says to Peter, who do you say that I am? See, it doesn't matter who I say I is. What Jesus wants to know is, who do you say he is? If your response is what Peter's is, you're not just our Savior. You're the Christ. You're the burden-removing and the curse-destroying. Jesus' response was, back to mankind. On this revelation, I give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth, 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 earth, I will back that up and I will bind it in heaven through the power of my resurrection and the seven places that I shed my blood. Somebody shout, I got the keys. Come on, somebody shout, I got the keys. It's time for the church to know who they are. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Now let me close with this. It's time for a rebaptizing of the Holy Ghost. If you need your heart healed to get back in the battle, if you're ready to have the anointing God, I want you to come out of your seats and find a place up here. Come on, I want you to come. We are heading in Tuesday night to Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. God is going to seal you. God is going to seal you. How many here tonight say, Pastor Larry, in my life or in someone in my family, there is an addiction, there is a bondage, there is a habit that we need to break tonight. Lift your hand up all over the... See, look at look at this. And let me tell you something. You know what the devil tells you? The devil tells you, you're such a loser. You're the only one. How many need something broken in your life or in your family's life? Tonight's there. Somebody shout now. You're here tonight. Anybody here need a healing? Need a healing? Will God do something for you that the world has never heard of before? How many of you need a miracle of financial blessing? How many of you right now are willing to be refilled with the Holy Spirit that you lay hands on the sick and they will recover? That wherever you go, when you go to school, when you go to work, the kingdom of heaven. Listen to me. The kingdom of heaven is going with you. The kingdom of heaven is going with you. Say this out loud. Through the blood of Jesus, I have dominion and authority. I lay hands on the sick. They will recover. I can cast out devils. I can raise the dead. Not in my own strength, but in the blood of Jesus. 
How many here right now, the devil has held you back from your future because of a broken heart? He's come to heal the brokenhearted. He says to us, who do you say that I am? You are the Christ. You are the burden removing, yoke destroying. You are the Yom Kippur sacrifice. You're the one who shed his blood in the Holy of Holies 10 times, seven times. And he said, now I give you the keys and whatever is bound in heaven. Why do you keep saying, Jesus, heal me? Jesus doesn't have the keys. Why do you say, Jesus, bless me? Jesus doesn't have the keys. When Jesus gave us the keys and shouted, it is finished, the curtain to the holies of holies was open where you and you and you and you and you can come boldly before the throne of God because you are a joint heir with Christ. Jesus, help me. It's finished. Jesus, break the curse off my finances. It's finished. Jesus, heal my body. It's finished. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. The reason why we've got the Holy Spirit is so that we can walk in the power and the anointing of Almighty God and God's God and army. Marching through the land. Jesus said, from this day, book of John, from this day, don't ask me anything. So Jesus said, don't ask me anything. I've done it. You go to the Father. You go boldly before the throne of God. Let your request be known to God with praise and thanksgiving. Father, Father, I, 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 we need lion to be healed and we thank you, Father, that by the stripes of Jesus we're already healed and we bind the devil. We thank you that Willem's father is already healed and we rebuke the devil and we release the blessing of God. We thank you that Katrina's family is already healed. We bind you, devil. Devil says, who do you think you are? I'll tell you who we are. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We are not God's little boys. We are not God's little children. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And mighty is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Somebody shout amen. Let me pray for you one more time. I feel this in my spirit. I feel this in my heart. Lift up your hands towards me. Lift up your hands as we're laying hands on you. Father, I release a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Just pray in the spirit right now. There were times when we didn't know how to pray for lion. We just prayed in the Holy Ghost. God says you pray in the understanding and you'll pray in the spirit. We'll praise him in the understanding. Father, I thank you that lion's already healed. Lord, I thank you. 
that Katrina's dad's already healed. I thank you that William's dad, I thank you that he's already healed. I thank you that marriages are being restored. I thank you that death. Father, we receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. We send a fresh anointing to our family across the room, a fresh anointing. Just begin to praise him in the spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, give us a visitation that will never leave till the coming of the Messiah. Now look at me. In the last days, there will be signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. God will do things for you if you give him all the praise and all the glory God will do things for you and through you if you will give him all the praise and the glory signs miracles and things that will make the world wonder who is it who is this God that you serve and we can tell them his name is the name above all names his name is jesus if you're ready for a new anointing give the lord a clap offering one more time amen hallelujah hallelujah walk in this receive this Let it be yours.